Well, hey everyone, welcome to the McLean Church Ministry Podcast. My name is Ben DeStefano, and I'm the digital campus pastor here at McLean Church. This podcast is designed to help us go deeper and farther with some of the teachings at McLean Church. In this mini-season, we take a look at our parenting series that we just concluded, and we hear from some of the parents in our congregation who are in different seasons and stages of life with their kids and as a family. Here in episode one, I'm gonna talk with Steve and Jen Conway about their adventures in parenting, the joys and the challenges they face, and we will even touch on adoption. The Conways are in preschool and elementary school seasons with their children, and we will hear what life is like in their home. Here's my conversation with Steve and Jen Conway. Steve and Jen, thanks for taking time to uh, be on this podcast and share a little bit of your journey as parents and what you've learned along the way. Thanks for joining us today. Good to be here. Thanks, we're happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your family. What, what's your family dynamic? What's it look like? And um, what uh, what are the boys up to right now? Well, uh, pretty much it's dad, mom, three boys, a dog, and chaos ensues daily. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the all-American family right there. Oh, yeah. But they're, I mean, they're a lot of fun. They really are. They're um, challenging us every day, you know, growing, mm -hmm. learning new things, becoming so independent, and they're so um, smart that they get into everything on their own. Um, Remington is our oldest. He is eight, and he is in second grade. He is a born musician, mm. so I can't wait to see where that's going to take him. Um, Kiernan is our next. He is five, um, and he loves everything and everyone all creatures mm. he loves them and he will tell you that i was born to do this i was born to rescue creatures okay <laughs> and logan our youngest is four he loves to help he looks around sees what needs done and he just chips in he really he has a servant's heart so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for him i know he's four but yeah, yeah. so a musician a lover of all things and a helper Yes. <laughs> yeah. They they should form a band or something. Yeah. They all. Together. We have a drum set downstairs because um, we're kind of crazy, and um, when it's set up, they all are kind of natural on it. Mm. So yeah, I can see that band happening. Nice, nice, Jen. For your friends and followers on Facebook, you share about your adventures with the boys pretty openly and freely, which we all love. Yes. <laughs> and um, so, for our audience and those listening in today, what what's a day in the life of the Conways look like? It is constant noise and motion. Yes, there's always. Um, a plan in my head I need to do laundry I need to get this done I need whatever it is that I need to do to keep the household running is my plan and then somebody's hurt somebody needs help with the connects somebody needs this and then it just goes from there sometimes it's fist fights that I have to break up or wrestling um, but it is just constant constant noise and motion um, and back when I started sharing so much um, I would share a little bit, I think, when Remington was like three before he was adopted and we couldn't really say his name because right. he was he's funny and clever. So I would share some of his stuff. But um, in 2020, 
I started sharing more because I needed an outlet. Yeah. I was here with the boys by myself. I mean, Steve was off work for about a month, but mm-hmm. then he went back and then it was just us. And I was... Uh, like I can't even believe some of this stuff is happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> First of all, you know, I just have to tell somebody. So I started sharing and then I thought, oh, I don't know. It's too much. People don't care. But then when the world opened up and mm-hmm. I started seeing people, they would just come up to me. They wouldn't even say, hi, Jen. How are you? They'd say, your boys. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe. Thank you so much for sharing. I look forward to the next adventure that you're having. So I've just kept it up as, I don't know, like my public service of lifting other people's (laughs) spirits. (laughs) Right. But for you, it's a type of, it it is a type of, is it fair to say a therapeutic for you to kind of like, I've got to share what's going on. Like just so much, like it's a release to be able to share. Because, um, Sometimes, you know, if you don't laugh about it, you're just only going to cry. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. There's days where I just cry. I'm like, I, it's so much. I can't. Mm -hmm. But then when I look at it from the eyes of if this was somebody else's family and this was happening, I'm like, this is pretty funny. I got to share this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My favorite one was in an hour and a half. I had, you know, like a, a potty mess that we had to clean up and a shower and a broken ornament off the tree and glass and a thumb and and it was like just a solid hour of I'm not sure what happened and it ended up with Kiernan sitting on the kitchen counter taking the sprayer and seeing what would happen if he sprayed water on the kitchen ceiling fan it spins and water goes everywhere (laughs) (laughs) right I was gonna say what happens when you do that so when I walk into the kitchen I mean I have a choice I can just cry and get mad Mm -hmm. or I can say all right he's I don't know was he three or four when that happened he's little He's experimenting. I can, I'm going to choose to not get mad. I'm going to choose to breathe. So you see mommy doing the butterfly breathing and the yeah. tapping and the, yeah. <laughs> and give me a minute. I'll calm down because this is kind of funny. Yeah. When I clean it up, it'll be better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what helps you through those moments? You talked a little bit about just a moment, the butterfly tapping and things like that. What other tips or tricks have you figured out to, to not lean into the crying but to find the humor in it and and to be fair there are moments when the crying is as cathartic as everything else right and you have to yeah but you what i hear you saying is you're choosing to find the joy in it even in the moment as you do that as you do that what are some techniques that you're using to just keep your own sanity um day to day Definitely the breathing, which is some of the things that we learned um, with the therapy that the boys are doing. We learned those breathing techniques. Um, and in that praying, just like, Holy Spirit, just get in this room with me right now because I need you. You are bigger than this. You're bigger than me. Uh, and I need you now. Right. And so it's a lot of quick prayers like that. And of course, you know, every morning I'm starting out with, you know, bless these boys and protect them. Yep. Um, but also bless me with patience, (laughs) bless me with grace and compassion to understand like that half the time they're not being mean or trying to be bad. They're just curious Mm -hmm. and they're so smart and so capable that it just, it comes out wrong on our end, but they're, they didn't mean anything, any harm by it. And I think, I think, uh, for your readers, (laughs) <laughs> call them that. I think you got a book there. I think you got a book you got to develop. <laughs> but for your readers, I think we sense that too. They're not bad kids. They're no. inquisitive. And and by what you share, they're smart. Mm. And 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 um 
I, the picture that I have in mind is like the summer where you talk about them climbing the fence in the backyard and things like that. <laughs> and so th there is that it's not just the, the natural curiosity of children, but it's their own unique gifting and makeup of their own curiosity and mechanical mindset and figuring things out. Yeah. Um, but I think what's important is you also said that you pray for them, but you also pray for yourself. And I think parents need to hear that because I think they shouldn't feel like it's selfish to pray for themselves <laughs> in that moment. Um, or even as they start every day or to, to be careful, to make it a, a conscious decision. I need help. And, and the help I need today is supernatural. The help I need today is needs to be life sustaining. And I think that's important. So I, th you know, kudos to you for praying that even as short and quick as it might be, it's effective, right? right? Yes. Yes. It, it definitely helps me through my day. Steve, you're off to work um, during the day. Um, I don't know if you check Facebook during the day to see to get prepared for what you're coming home to. But, but what what do you uh, when you come home from work and you hear about the day? What what goes through your mind? Um, usually, it's two two things go through my mind. First is I don't know how she does this every day, and the second one is I couldn't do what she does. And I couldn't, and I've told told her that many, many times. Said I could, I don't have the patience. I'm not built for it, even with the the prayer and the support and all that stuff. It, it's just something that, yeah. that she was made for to, to raise these kids, for sure. And I did want to tell one more story, my favorite kid story. Um, so I'm upstairs getting ready for work one day, and just finishing up, and all I hear is Jen saying, "Oh my gosh, Logan, what did you do?" So I come walking down the steps. And all I see is this cloud of what I think is smoke billowing out of the kitchen. Well, what Logan had done is he climbed up on the counter, got the fire extinguisher that was on the counter, pulled the pin, mm -hmm. and then pulled the trigger and <laughs> emptied it in the kitchen. Just to see. Just to see. Just to see what because would happen. we had just watched Wally. Oh, we had just watched Wally, yeah. And that's one of the ways Wally in space got around is he would take a fire extinguisher let's move. see if it works so he wanted to see if he could yeah if he would take off if he if he shot the fire extinguisher so as a dad then let me ask this question how do you how do you look at that moment and and respond well in that particular occasion i i was relieved that it was a fire extinguisher and not a fire right because that was my initial thing coming downstairs but i mean you just kind of stand there like I don't know how to react to this. I, I don't have any experience in my child emptying a fire extinguisher in my kitchen. Um, but it, it's kind of the same thing I learned from Jen. You know, you got to stop. Even just tell tell the boys that I need to walk away from you guys for a minute and breathe. Right. So, and I do. I walk into another room and they they stay because they can tell when Dad's getting a little a little angry. Right. Um, praying, breathing, and then come back. Yeah. And say okay. You know, what should you have done here? Mm -hmm. You did this. That wasn't right. What should you have done? So you try not, I try very hard to keep, not lose my temper. Right. Because like she was saying, they're, they're inquisitive. They're learning. They're not mm -hmm. intentionally being bad. Right. As we're telling this story, this is an audio podcast. It's not video. As we're, as Steve's telling this story, Jen is holding her mouth and giggling the whole time. So it brings me to ask, you know, 
what how long does it take before you allow yourself to really laugh at these moments because you know they're safe they're not hurt they're okay nothing's really damaged everything's replaceable right but you stop and you go this was pretty funny <laughs> like this is going to make a good story yeah well she i think jen gets to that point much quicker much more uh, quickly than i do right i sort of like hey <laughs> i told you to do this thing right. you're not doing it yet or you know quit throwing that thing at your brother or mm-hmm. So for me, it really depends on the severity of the incident The um, (laughs) that what Steve was just talking about with the fire extinguisher. That took a few days before I could kind of laugh about that. Um, But now, I mean, it's hysterical because, you know, looking at it with distance, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's pretty funny that he thought that he could fly like Wally with the fire extinguisher. And then, yeah. But in the moment, I mean, he was terrified. He was standing up on the counter. And didn't know what he did, you know, and yeah. he was just standing there. The other boys were terrified because there's, you know, smoke billowing everywhere. So, yeah. and that one, I did cry immediately on that one. Cause I'm like, I don't even know what to do. Right. Like, right. Tears. Okay. Right. <laughs> got it under control. All right. Now we got to start cleaning. Yeah. So that one took a while, but usually it's within minutes that I can start to laugh at it. I hear in your story and from what you both post on Facebook and, and now share as a family I, it almost sounds like you've got this healthy balance between it's natural to be upset in the moment as every parent is over the destruction of property in their own home, right? That's, that's, that's appropriate, but you've got this good balance between assessing appropriately what's going on, finding the teachable moment. And also allowing yourself to laugh at it and find find the humor in it, which to me sounds like it it helps even the boys learn and understand not just not just the importance of of following directions, but also having the not being afraid to explore. Because I could imagine maybe in other families, maybe that that would not be the case. Right. So it's that that sounds healthy to me. Do you feel that in the moment or, or are you just trying to survive the chaos? Uh, a little bit of both. I definitely am trying to survive the chaos. But um, somewhere always in the back of my mind is um, we are here to take care of these boys. They are a gift from God. You know, they came to us through the miracle of adoption and they are not mine. I mean, they're mine, but they're not mine, you know? Um, So if I am to represent the love of Jesus, you know, you got to go back to the cliche. What would Jesus do? We don't know because he didn't have kids. So I can just kind of imagine. I mean, even when he was mad, you know, he turned over a table. He didn't yell at people or call them names or, you know, so I I forgot where I was going with that. But that's that's in... um, that's in my mind that if I'm to represent the love of Jesus to these boys who are a gift that I, I need to, to, to keep hold of that. Like, just like God gives us grace and forgiveness. We need to do the same thing. You know, I I don't deserve it, but he gives it to me. So when this boy's doing something that, you know, I kind of want to choke him. (laughs) I have to remember. Yeah. Forgiveness, grace, mercy, and Okay, let's let's find a different way to do this thing. I was reminded of a story of, of one time 
uh, when you're talking about how you laugh in the situation mm-hmm. and um, Logan got mad about something picked up a car and threw it and hit the TV or his flat screen TV and you know shattered the screen and that took a couple days to get over but then as we were thinking about it the first thought that popped in my mind is yeah but that was a pretty good arm yeah I mean he threw that a long way and it was <laughs> so accurate winter, winter little league signups let's get that going <laughs> yeah I think actually I think I remember that episode of Facebook <laughs> twice he did he yeah. got two TVs okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my well you guys have mentioned um, the adoption um, you've had a journey with that to the extent that that you're comfortable sharing with us uh how did that all happen and and what was your journey like um with with the boys the two two separate accounts right mm-hmm. yeah yeah um i mean it was definitely all god i mean he he you know at what did we say it was seven years ago mm-hmm. we started so at you know 44 years old i wouldn't have pictured myself deciding to start fostering adopting um and that was the path it was fostering first and then moving into adoption Mm -hmm. okay right yeah we were foster family first um but it was interesting because um you know we had had a few children come through before remington uh but when he got there and, and we got him cleaned up and clean clothes and all that and you see him playing on the floor you're i already knew at that point he's not leaving you know he's he's staying with us yeah so it's just interesting how you know the the whole path of of my life leading up to us deciding to foster and then this boy coming into the house and god just showing us you know so he's i brought him to you he's yours so it's really interesting i don't know what to add to that (laughs) so that was let's see Remington was two when he came to us but he was four when when he was adopted so he was old enough to understand a little bit of what was happening Mm -hmm. um and we told him you know you're you're going to be an official part of our family you're going to get a new last name we're going to give you a new middle name after my dad and um did you want to change your first name and he said no I'm Remington he said but can I be Remington Superman Paul Conway (laughs) and I said sure we can ask the judge and he goes no 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 can I be Remington Superman Paul Batman Conway? <laughs> I said, we'll ask the judge. And the judge did say it. So I guess it's kind of official, although go. it's not on his birth certificate. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, and when Remington was three, um, Kiernan was born and they called us on a Friday and said, there's a newborn that needs a safe home. And we said, of course, and picked him up on Sunday after church. Um, and then when he was maybe three or four months old, they found out that his birth lady was pregnant again. And they were just saying, like, what are we going to do? And Steve happened to be home that day, and we just looked at each other, no words. We just knew, like, yeah. that, that child will come here. Um, so that was Logan. Wow. So he was born in January, so they are, you know, 10 months apart. Yeah, what a what a blessing to have be able to adopt natural brothers and keep them together. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how many of our people in the congregation or our listeners have gone through adoption or understand it. What's the emotional roller coaster like with that? Um, in our case, because it was, they were fostered with us first. The first goal of fostering is to reunite the biological family. Um, the parents are given goals or whatever that they need to do. Um, and in these cases, the, it didn't happen for various reasons. Sure. So 
the parental rights were terminated and then um, then the adoption date was set and but we still had to go through all kinds of um, paperwork and caseworkers coming into the house to make sure we were, we were an appropriate family and even though we had already been appropriate right. as foster parents now we, you know so that was sort of ongoing and the delays and the you know the biological family you know trying to delay it even though you know yeah. they weren't appropriate or safe um so they're trying to delay it so that was that was really hard um that whole waiting even though like we knew it was going to happen yeah. so it wasn't complete distress but still like oh my gosh let's just yeah. can we just do this can we just be official do you have anything to add to that um no not really just i guess i had blocked out all the caseworker visits and yeah. paperwork and yeah does that on on that end once you've done it the first time even though you know it has to happen again i I'm obviously you're a great family the the caseworker is going to walk in and i'm sure i mean i don't know the details of all that but i mean you walk in and it's like yeah okay we're good right i mean yeah. you know you have to go through it but you've already gone through it one time does that relieve the pressure of that that instance oh, sure yeah yeah, once you've been through it once, then you, now you know what to expect. And, right. Because they, they called you, I mean, right. the second time. They called you and like, hey, we need mm -hmm. help again, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I always, it was just the, the constant visits and yeah. the caseworkers and the paperwork that, the did, red that tape. legally they had to do. So, yeah. I mean, I could get as irritated as I want. They're still <laughs> going to be here and they're still going to do it. Right. Um, but, yeah, the second and third time was, was kind of combined anyway, mm. Kiernan and Logan. Yeah. Yeah, it's still it, the nerve wracking part is not so much the are we going to, you know, pass muster, but is something going to happen at the last minute? Yeah. Somebody's going to change. We're going to get a new judge who doesn't know us or, you know, so yeah. that up until, you know, the like we were standing in the courtroom, mm -hmm. you know, anything can happen. Right. So there was that little bit of stress. Um, so that emotionally on on the other side now, um, you know, it's been three years um since all adoptions were finalized um it amazes me we don't have to love these boys i mean we can take care of them without loving them we don't have to love them but we do yeah. we love them we love them and god adopted us in that same way mm. he doesn't have to but he looks at us and sees the good parts he chooses to see the good parts of us through jesus and he loves us and he adopted us into his family wow and we get to be a part of that. And I never, I've heard um, biological moms talk about, I could never get my child like God did. I could never do that. And I don't have that. Mm -hmm. But now I see a little bit of God's perspective of, I don't have to love my children, mm -hmm. but I do. Yeah. And the whole, the whole, so I'm sure as you even just said that the whole new Testament and or the whole biblical story of God adopting us into his takes on a whole new meaning for you guys. And I think it's Paul that, that uses the imagery of grafting into the family of mm -hmm. God. Right. Yes. And so that probably rings so true when you hear that, um, and powerful for your, for your perspective on not just your family, but on your faith. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, when these boys are, you know, messing up and making us angry and I'm struggling to find grace and compassion and all that. And I think, wait a second, this is God with me every day. 
every yeah. day that I mess up and he's, you know, I roll and Jen, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and, but he's still loving me. Right. Unconditionally. So. Right. Steve, you talked a moment ago about, um, you, you, I think it was Remington where you saw him playing on the floor in the moment and you're like, yep, this is going to happen. Right. This is it. Yeah. Um, and then Jen, you said, um, you just knew you had a, you had a quiet confidence in your heart that this was going to happen. These adoptions were going to go through. These were our kids and you still had to go through the waiting. You still had to go through the process, the red tape, but what was that confirmation like for you guys? Like, was it a series, Steve, for, it was, it was a picture for you. It was a, Mm -hmm. it was a flash. Did that always happen with the other two or was it, how did God work that, that quiet confidence in your heart, realizing Mm -hmm. that you're still having the natural nervousness because of culture, right? But there was a, there was this quiet confidence that you guys carried. How did you receive that? How did you nurture that? And how was that an anchor for you during the process? Um, well, in my case with Remington, it was, um, I don't know. It was just, it just was just when I saw him, you know, when we got him home and I saw him playing on the floor and all that, it just was just like, he's ours now, even if it wasn't legally. And then when, uh, when we got the call for Kiernan um, and to pick him up from the hospital, you know, holding him, knowing he's coming home with us, it was it was very similar. You know, um, like well, okay, now we have two. Like they're not leaving; they're going to be there because we we had uh, quite a few kids come through our house as fosters, but these three were the ones that like you just knew. The other ones you knew weren't going to be there, at least not for a long time, not long term. Um, but those three were were certainly. You know, it's funny, too, I, it occurs to me all the time, you know, you talk about a couple, you know, they're getting pregnant and they have, you know, nine months to prepare. When you're fostering, you have hours. Mm-hmm. Like, they just call you up and say, hey, can you come down and pick up, like, Remington? They just called us and we had I don't know, like two, four hours. Four hours to and find they, a bed, find clothes, find bedding, find... Right, right. Know, so it's, it's just interesting you know, how different that is. We've got parents listening that are that are in your situation, elementary school kids, um, young elementary school, um, high energy, um, and parents like you. They're just trying to get from day to day, right? Um, what what tips or encouragement would you share? Um, with these families that you've learned along the way that have been meaningful to you? Um, well, the first thing that occurs to me is pray, of course. Pray for guidance and peace and all that sort of thing. Um, but one thing that I'm trying to do, at least recently, is uh, don't take it so seriously in that um, like the two younger ones, especially, are learning how to, if they get mad, they'll call you a name like stupid head or whatever they come up with. What was it? Big pickle. Big pickle. <laughs> stupid meatloaf was one that Kiernan used. Um, but you can't get angry at that, even though they're like screaming and angry and red-faced. But you also have to not laugh at them when they make the funny names. So it's really, it's a, it's certainly a balancing act for me anyway. Didn't you say don't don't take it personally? Don't take it personally. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, they have to that not seriously, personally. 
Yeah, but also don't take it too seriously because, as you mentioned before, things can be replaced. I mean, our TV got replaced. It wasn't easy on the budget when that happened, but it got replaced. Right. Um, and just remember that they're kids. They don't know instinctively the things that we know. Like, we know we don't put our dirty socks on the dining room table, but they have to learn that, mm-hmm. you know? And can we learn it by screaming at them? Sure. Or can we just gently show them, like, this is how we sit. I mean, that's a simple example, but um, just to remember that. And also, my big struggle right now is um, remembering that every day is a new day. To them, it's a new day. They don't remember that they did these same 15 annoying things <laughs> yesterday, but I do. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> But they're right. starting fresh every day. So I am just trying very hard to start fresh every day and not um, start out the day with a pile of yesterday's annoyances and frustrations but let's start today fresh right because god's mercies are new every morning right yeah that's another yes. great <laughs> that's a great example of living that scripture out yeah yeah and it's hard because mm-hmm. yeah i remember yesterday apparently they don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the stain from the from the fire extinguisher is still on the ca- cabinet, yes right? and so i remember but yeah so um you know, you guys are active at McLean. We have the opportunity to see you bringing the kids to church and that kind of thing. How has McLean Church been a help to you guys in in your parental journey and family journey? It is our home away from home, really. Um, even before we had kids, I've been going to McLean for 20 years now. Okay. Um, and... I have always loved how the kids feel safe enough to run everywhere. I mean, they shouldn't be running when there's all those people, but they feel right. safe enough to run through the food court and to ask a stranger for help with the juice or, you know, like it's just such a welcoming and warm and safe place. So now that it's our kids that are running through, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I don't want them to be running through but I also know that the people that are there are looking at them fondly Mm. and saying look at these kids you know they're so comfortable in God's house right you know it's just a a really great place to be like that yeah that's awesome that's awesome yeah I I, I don't have a lot to add to that I mean it really is it's just um from the kids zone uh, is that what they call it it's McLean Kids now. McLean Kids. Power. Yeah. You know, power, yeah, Power Zone is what I remember. It's okay. You've got other things to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> but they do such a great job back there with the boys. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> everyone in the food court, you know, all the all the other parishioners and the, the volunteers and everybody. Mm-hmm. That it's just, it's just nice that you don't have to, like you were saying, I don't have to worry about where they are every second. I don't have to chase them down and bring them back. And, right. Well, guys, uh, your story um, has so many practical uh, help and and affirmation of God's story for us. You've taught us a lot today, and uh, I really appreciate um, you sharing your time and sharing your family with us. Um, any parting shots for our parents out there and words of encouragement? Have fun with it. Have fun with it because it's going to... You know, eventually they're not going to be little and right you know. that's what they tell us anyway yeah. okay, you, everyone keeps telling me you're going to miss these days you're going to miss these days and I go mm-hmm. okay yeah. okay maybe I won't miss them I'll just look back on 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Write that book and you'll always have them. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, thank you for your time today, guys. We'll see you at McLean. All right. Thanks, Ben. Well, I'm so thankful for Steve and Jen sharing their time and their story with us. I hope that it's been an encouragement to you to see another family raising great kids with the support of the church behind them. We recognize that parenting is hard and each generation faces their own unique challenges. But with the strong support of family, friends, and a church community around them, parents have a great support system to see their family thrive. Be sure to share this episode with your family and friends who may benefit from hearing this story and the story of others in this podcast. Next time, we're going to hear from Chris and Beth Norris as they share their journey as young professionals with full-time jobs and a growing business, living in the preschool and now newborn season of life. Until then, thanks for joining us on the McLean Church Ministry Podcast.